Hi there and welcome. The First Christian Church podcast ministry features the teaching and preaching of the First Christian Church in downtown Roseburg, Oregon. Here's today's message. Well, the word nice. We like to use it, don't we? Yeah, that's a nice day. It's a nice time. And sometimes we say, oh, this is a nice service. And we want to have a nice family and a nice job. But some people are not content with the just nice. I have a friend in high school. His name is Mark. Everybody needed a mark in their lives in high school. He was never content with just nice. We went to the movies, and Mark wouldn't sit with the most of us. Like, we'd go, and we'd all fill up a stadium, a seating, or whatever, and we'd sit over here, and Mark would insist on sitting on the opposite side, which most of the time that was just fine because we never knew what Mark was going to do. And we went to see a particular, probably a little bit scarier, suspenseful movie. And about halfway through, Mark came screaming and yelling and throwing popcorn through the theater. He wasn't content with just seeing a nice movie and sitting there. He scared everybody in that theater. I, I don't know if he was escorted out or not. I can't remember that part. But. And a walk couldn't be just a nice walk with Mark. We were downtown Eugene, walking along the streets and seeing some of their wonderful brick features. I think they called them statues, um, art. Um, They weren't always art. But one was about two stories high. And um, all of a sudden, Mark is at the top of this statue with his shoes and socks off and his shirt off, waving his shirts, saying, I'm free, I'm free. It wasn't just a nice walk that he was content with. He had to do something extra and make it extraordinary. Most of us are content with nice. Are you content with just nice? Are you content with just a nice worship service? Sure, nice is great, isn't it? But we want more. We should want more than just a nice service. Many people come to church looking for just that nice worship service. If you look at the faces of people around you, which, go ahead, take a peek. You see a few giggly faces and uh, maybe a couple grumpy faces. But most of the faces that you'll see are just nice, content faces. Most people are just content to come to church once a week, sing a few nice songs, hear a nice sermon, and go home in a nice mood. Isn't it that we want God on our terms sometimes, just to be nice and content Most people come to enjoy a worship service with no real surprises. Well, I got a surprise for you today. A few of your seats, I've put some electrodes up in them. (laughs) And at certain times of the service, I'm going to hit a button. 
That'd be kind of a neat. I've been in a few services. It looks like that happens. But um, yeah, I mean, we just get content, don't we? Just content with a nice service. One Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be open. Jesus said, Seek, and you will find. And since most people come seeking a nice service, that's pretty much what we get, isn't it? A few, however, come seeking something more. And those few who seek more, more enthusiasm, more joy, more love, more power, more peace, usually find it. They find more because they come seeking more. And since they're seeking more, God is faithful to give it to them. We need to come to worship prepared to receive more. Because those who seek more tend to find more. And that's what happened to Jesus. The day that he went up to the mountains to worship God, his very face was changed because he came prepared to receive more. We're going to look at that day when Jesus went up to the mountain to enter into the presence of God. In Matthew 17, verses 1 through 5, after six days, Jesus took Peter, took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah, talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the Lord, a voice of the cloud, said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. You know, Jesus didn't get up that morning. Look at his calendar, or as we do much in the mornings, our phones. Let's see, what do I got planned today? Let's see. No. He knew what he was going to do. He had planned it out. He was ready to go up to the mountain. He was prepared to enter into his Father's presence. In fact, he had chosen his companions that were going to go with him on that day. It wasn't a spur-of-the-moment Event. Can you imagine Jesus standing with the 12 disciples on a playground pick? Hmm, let's see. I pick you? It would be awkward, wouldn't it? He had planned ahead of time to take with him Peter, James, and John. And the place that he chose to worship was a ways away from his normal stomping grounds. He didn't just happen to be walking by the mountain 
and say, you know, I think we're going to go up here to worship today. No, Jesus had to select that mountain. He had to select the path that was going to lead up to the up that mountain. And by the time he reached the mountain's peak, his heart was prepared to enter into the presence of the Lord. The journey prepares us. Just ask anybody with kids. <laughs> Getting them out the door sometimes is tough, isn't it? Do you prepare to enter into the presence of the Lord? By the time you arrive at church on Sunday morning, are you ready to enter into the presence of the Lord? And unfortunately, I think a lot of us are prepared to enter into the presence of the Lord on Sunday mornings, but we get up late. We rush around trying to get ready for church the last minute. And with all this rushing around, we are somewhat unprepared. And sometimes... We're far too casual about coming to meet God. It's just something we do every week. So I'm just here. It's tradition that I come to church. And if you're going to meet a very important person, wouldn't you prepare, pro prepare properly? Every time I practice this this week, it came out. We prepare and we get ready. Can you imagine if I was going to do a wedding, which I've done lots of, and I don't prepare. I don't get ready. I don't remember their names. I get there, and I have to ask them their names again. I have to ask them, you know, um, is your name John or Jim? Um, it'd be awkward and unprepared, but I prepare. I get ready. I read my notes. I plan on what I'm going to say ahead of time. I've asked them. I've met with them. We've done counseling. There's a lot of preparation that goes in. And us, each one of us, the same thing with the Sunday morning. Getting prepared, getting our hearts ready, getting our hearts ripe to, to have the Word of God, you know, meet us so that we can um, grow and have our expectations of what we should um, hear on a Sunday morning. We would prepare well for an important event. So... Um, don't you think God deserves that kind of preparation for Sunday morning? Jesus demonstrates to us that we should come prepared to enter into the presence of God. Do you come prepared to enter into the presence of the Lord? Do what you need to do to come hungry for the Word of God. Come hungry for the power of the Holy Spirit. Come expecting God to speak to you and come expecting to experience the presence of God each and every Sunday. Remember, the journey can prepare you. If you do come prepared, you'll find what the real purpose of worship is. The real purpose of worship is to change our faces, to change the face of the worshiper. That is exactly what happened to Jesus when he entered into the presence of the Father. Matthew 17, 2 says, There he was, transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. 
When Jesus entered into the presence of the Lord, his face was changed. His face is really, it's the most important part of the body, isn't it? Each one of our faces. How many of you ever said, I don't remember names well, but a face I never forget? And when you go back to your old yearbook, you don't go back and find a bunch of knees or feet, uh, ankles or whatever. You find faces of people because you want to remember. You can tell a lot of a person's face, can't you? You look at them, you can see what kind of mood they're in. They're happy, joyful, miserable. There are a lot of people that you look at and think, mm, if that face ever broke a smile, it'd shatter into a thousand pieces. Our faces are very important to God. He created them. God wants to transform our faces, Paul says. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You see, God invites us to see His face. And when we look upon the face of the Lord, our faces will be transformed. Our lives will be transformed. We come into the presence of the Lord with lines of worry, stains of tears, of despair, and bags of exhaustion under our eyes. But once we've entered into the presence of the Lord, those lines of worry have been wiped away. Those tears of despair have been replaced with tears of joy. And those bags of exhaustion have been wiped away by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to change the faces of his people. How does he do this? Well, he does it through worship. God changes the face of his people when they worship him. But what exactly is worship? Well, I think that David described worship the best in Psalms 34.3, where he said, Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Coming together, glorifying God, singing these worship songs up front. You know, our worship team meets together each and every week to prepare to lead us into worship, to lead us um, down to a path to get ready, get our hearts ready to hear the word of God. And in doing that, they don't come up and just kind of, well, it's just worship practice. It's just another week. They put time, they put energy, they put practice into it to lead us down that path. They pray each week together. They talk about the songs that they're doing. And it's neat to be able to see those worship practices go on and uh, see how God has entered into them to prepare each and every one of us. Worship is an act of glorifying God. When we glorify the Lord, we make Him bigger in our sight. I remember driving through New Mexico once. I've driven through several times. But one time in particular, you look out 
Anybody ever driven through New Mexico and those roads? It's like straight, long, forever. And far, far off in the distance was a little bump. Yeah, I wonder what that is. And as we drove on and on and on, a couple hours later, that bump became bigger and bigger and bigger. And soon it was a mountain in front of me. And that's all I could see in front of me was that mountain. And that's the way it is with God. If we focus our attention and our eyes on him, yes, sometimes he feels like he's so far off that we can't reach him, that we can't con connect with God. But if we keep our eyes focused, if we keep going towards God, he'll continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's be soon all that we can see. And we can have that attention with God. We can glorify him and worship him. And it's just neat to be able to have those opportunities to know that God is in control because whenever I try to put Darren in control, things get out of control. But when I put God in control, man, things seem to just blossom and go the way that it should. Thank goodness. And the Holy Spirit just kind of fills me up. And, and I have those moments when I say, God, you know, today, I know I haven't prayed this prayer in a long time, but help me to share your word today. Help me share the gospel today. And you know what? Usually there's opportunities to do just that, to share God's word with other people. Now, whether I take that opportunity or not, that's up to me because it's presented. And I know that it's presented. And sometimes I've passed them up guilty when I've asked God to show me an opportunity. And then, oh, I'm in a hurry. You ever do that? But God wants to give us those opportunities to share his word. And as we put him bigger in front of us, as we see him, we will draw closer to him and we will be given the opportunities to share God's word with other people. Take that opportunity. Don't pass it up. Don't let the busyness of the day or I got to hurry up and get milk and get home, you know, pass up an opportunity to share God's word with somebody. It is so important. We need to draw near to God because when we're far away, he seems itty bitty. But when we draw near, he seems larger and larger in our sight until he fills up our whole view. <clears throat> our problems seem so big. Our worries are so overpowering. We need a big God to take care of our big problems and our big worries. Worship offers us the chance to make God bigger in our sight. It gives us the opportunity to focus solely on God. During our worship, we have a chance to fill our vision with God. And when we do, God will change us. He'll change our faces. You can identify a true worshiper of God through their face. A vibrant, shining face is the mark of someone who stood in the presence of the Lord. And after Moses spoke to God, his face was changed. In Exodus 34, 34 and 35, it says, But whenever Moses entered into the Lord's presence to speak to him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out uh, and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw that his face was radiant. That'd be pretty cool. 
to have a glowing face. I mean, as long as it didn't hurt. Whenever we've heard of glowing faces, we usually tie that to a superhero or something, right? Which Moses was a superhero. When Moses entered into the presence of the Lord, his face was changed. The same was true with Stephen in the New Testament. When Stephen was on trial for being a Christian, he was given a small glimpse into heaven. And what he saw was evident on his face. Acts 6.15 says, All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked over intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. What do people see in you when they leave this place? When you walk out of these doors, when you go out, what do they see? What do they see on your face? Do they see the light of the Lord in your face? If we come here to enter into the presence of the Lord, it'll be evident. It'll be evident in each and every one of our lives. You see, the Lord changes us for a reason. When we truly come to enter into the presence of the Lord, then the Lord changes us so that those who do not know the Lord will see our faces. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, are you a Christian? I'm waiting for some answers. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yes. And when that happens, it's like a light turns on again for us. Like, yes, it's evident to somebody that I'm a Christian. That's, that's good news. It's good news for each and every one of us. Paul told the Corinth church, Corinthian church to worship in such a powerful way that it would change unbelievers when they saw it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 24 and 25, it says, But if unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everybody is prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he uh, is a sinner and will be judged by all. And the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Do we have that kind of experience when we're worshiping? Do unbelievers see something in us when we're worshiping? When visitors come, they say, oh, what a nice church. And it's great to be a nice church. And it's great to be a friendly church. And that's one thing that we're complimented on all the time is that you're a real friendly church. And that's awesome. But wouldn't it be awesome to have them just have that powerful knowledge of knowing that this is a church of believers, people who believe in Jesus Christ and want to share him with others. Unbelievers should be saying, wow, they sing with such passion. They pray with such power. God is really here. God is in this place. And I want to be a part of that church because they know God. We don't want people to be bored, to get angry while they're here, to be frustrated. We want them to see faces 
when thoughts about God and about his worship. You know, what do visitors see when they look at this church? What do people see when they look at your face? Do they see the glory of God shining through you? And each one of us are accountable. Like, I can't live my life for anybody else in this church. I can't force the way I'm believing or living on anybody else. You have to have that relationship with God and to grow, and we can lead you that direction, but we can't force this on you. You, each one of us, have that relationship with God, with Jesus Christ. And how are we going to live that out? What are we going to do when we go from here? How are we going to be able to touch other people's lives? How are we going to communicate the gospel correctly and live our lives for Jesus correctly? It's being in the word of God and bathing in it often. It's getting it, pouring it over us, letting God's word pour into us and then sharing it with other people. But making sure that we're communicating with scripture, with God's word and letting that connect with others. Because we should feel the presence of the Lord each day, not only on Sunday, each day, but especially when we come, prepared our hearts to enter the presence of the Lord and to worship together here. Because we should be feeling the power of the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit move in each and every one of us, having that connection with God. And sometimes if we don't, it may be because we didn't come prepared. It may be that we need to take our eyes off the world a bit and allow God to fill our vision. And I believe the scripture when it says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who um, asks receives he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. If you come to church Sunday morning expecting to enter into the presence of the Lord, you will. If you come to church on Sunday desiring the power of the Holy Spirit, it will be given to you. Maybe what we need to do is change our expectations a bit, right? Maybe what we need to do is expect God to change us and empower us. What is it that you seek from God? Do you want God to save you, to change you? Hopefully we do. And we need to talk to our elders of the church to be able to make those changes, to come forward and, and say, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Do you feel like your vision is drifted away from God? Do you feel like you need to fill your vision with God again, to draw closer to God again? Then do it. Don't put it off. You know, it's the end of the year, last day, literally, of the year. You know, it's kind of great to be able to be here together on the last day of the year, celebrating God's word together. 
knowing and trusting God together on the last day of the year. I mean, what a better way to spend the last day of the year gathering together. But making a decision this day, not just another resolution that in a week's time might be gone, but a resolution that's going to connect with the heart, connect with God, and change our lives forever. You're never too old, never too young to make those changes. That we can set our eyes on the God who is able to do mighty things. Or have you felt like you've lost your vision a bit because you're not part of a church family? Well, if you come here, we can lift you up, we can strengthen you. Because we want not to be content with just a nice faith. We desire more from the Lord. Jesus came to give us a fuller, more powerful life. Seek that from the Lord and the Lord will be faithful to give it to you. Today, I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. I don't know if I was shorter than Daniel has been the last few weeks, but uh, with my message, it seemed to go pretty quick. But today, we're going to let God move in our hearts. Let God change you as we are able to worship Him and connect with Him, as we get ready to take communion, which leads us in to even more of a connection with God. And we do have four stations for our communion here. We have gluten-free communion in the back station back there if you need that. But we need to let God move in us, change us, connect with us, and we need to be able to let him change our face. As we, as we leave today, I'll be out there and I'll be shaking out some hands, right? Saying, hey, have a great week. And we consider what's going to happen next. Consider what God is going to uh, have for us next, right? We think, okay, what's, what's for lunch? Well, let God move in you to connect with somebody today, to let you share his word with somebody and let him change your face and have a, have a smile on your face. So those uh, tears are gone. The worries are gone. The despair is gone. But the love of the Lord is in our hearts and shown on our faces. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you made a decision for Christ or would like prayer with someone from our church family, we would love to connect with you. You can message us on Facebook by searching Roseburg First Christian Church, or you can email us directly at roseburgfcc at gmail.com. In addition, if you're listening to this message on Apple or Spotify, we invite you to like, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it on social media so others can be blessed as well. God bless you and have a beautiful day.